Welcome to another exciting edition of the Dr. Funk Podcast. And now, here's your host, Dr. Funkenberry. Welcome to the Dr. Funk Podcast. We're going to be covering everything on Prince this week. Talking about the PRN alumni, Prince getting his own color, and so much more. We're going to be welcomed and joined by our very special guest co-host and guest, Dave Hampton, this week. Dave, how you doing, man? I'm doing all right, man. How you doing? Doing great. I want to thank you so much for being here. I also want to thank everyone for subscribing to us on iTunes, on Podcast, on Podbay. Uh, thank you guys so much for being, for sharing us, for being interactive, letting us know what you guys think of the show. I owe you guys a bunch of emails. Thank you so much. Dave, let's jump right into it. Before we get into the PRN alumni yep. thing, what do you think? Uh, Prince gets his own color, although we always thought that purple belonged to Prince, not Barney. <laughs> I think it's, it's probably one of the best things to come from. <clears throat> from uh, all that was attempted with the uh, universal stuff it was a good a good situation and and i think that part of it was was done very soundly and, and i think he deserves it he deserves that and much more so i think it's really good and i hope everybody is who's in the, the downline the family and everybody who's putting everything together is smart enough to even be able to take advantage of the the fact that that's now set up to, to really make things kind of work in any kind of direction they can, you know. Right. Hopefully they'll use it on that tribute show that's coming up on uh, Fox. So Yeah, Empire. <laughs> Empire, yeah. We can delve right into that. I'm, I'm really happy that it's happening. It's very interesting that it's being called Love Symbol Number 2 um, instead of just straight purple or purple prints. But that's what it goes on. I remember uh, it being called the love symbol when it was the original symbol from the nude tour. Some people were calling it two rude nudes, but mm-hmm. that's what it is now. Love symbol number two by Pantone, trademarked color. Uh, people were telling me that they can't wait to buy the book that will have the color in it. My girlfriend was just telling me she uh, purchased two books not long ago, and that was like $350. So people are just going to be buying yeah. it to see the symbol and the color. Oh, they'll be fiending. Yeah, they'll be fiending. Yeah, it, it's 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 definitely gonna gonna send it. They're, they're probably the most books they're ever gonna sell. <laughs> it's just crazy. I mean, yeah. Do you think about it? Just there's been more merchandise since the last time we talked. There's been some of the official T-shirts that feature the purple rain cover, and now 1999 an image. Yeah. Then the symbol at Hot Topic, at Target, at Kohl's, and just certain other independent record stores has been sh- it's been showing up so yeah. it's nice to see that happening and that was with um are they all legit is there yeah. is there actually a clearing site where you can go to find out which which t-shirts are real and which well it says it on there it'll say the prince estate and buy bravado which is the oh, division okay. of universal cool. so these ones are official and the, the estate gets it whenever i see a new one i post on my instagram or facebook let people know it's out there that's, that's official cool. merch and the estate will get the money along with you know because paisley park has their stuff that goes to paisley not now, the estate now, that's what i was gonna say now paisley should carry those t-shirts are they gonna carry because i when i went to do the tour last time i was surprised <coughs> that they didn't have more merch a lot of the merch was right it was a little bit older i mean we got some because i just wanted to support but mm-hmm. i was i just thought we were gonna see some some different things but it would make no. sense that they they actually have things that feed back into the into the mix but. they they have merchandise but not those electric feed is interesting enough has been carrying those and also they had special edition shirts for record store day they oh, had a purple okay. shirt said weka and then they had uh the lotus flower mpls sound design they mm. had a few different things and that all had the prince logo which the money went to the estate yeah so electric fees and having more official merchandise than per se paisley park now when you're going to be there, we're going to just get into the PRN alumni. Mm-hmm. Are you going to, you're going there, right? Yes, I'll be there all three days. Okay. Are you going to take the tour again? Are you going to take the ultimate tour experience, which is 160 bucks? I took the bucks? ultimate tour experience last time, which was, I don't uh, know how much. This is a newer one, though. It's a newer one. And I, it's I, three you know, hours it's, long. As far as I know, 
Um, I don't know that any tour stuff has been arranged because the alumni stuff has a full schedule. Mm-hmm. I would love to, to. I always love going there. I always love seeing it. Last time I was there, mm-hmm. I didn't get to go into the studios. Uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, <clears throat> the, for me, that's, right. that's uh, you know, our place. And mm-hmm. I didn't see a lot of the things I know um, since they made the announcement of the panels and stuff we're going to do. Mm-hmm. I've been seeing a lot of pictures pop up on the Internet of some of the custom machines that we built him and some of the other stuff and so i i hope that they have more stuff out that was there that we made use of during that period i hope that those things are still actually there at the facility you know Mm -hmm. there's a lot that we didn't see that i know is there so i'm I'm just hoping that that you know, if if they do have something, I'm hoping that, that, that it's 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 in good taste. You know? On this new, the Ultimate Tour experience, it's $160. You get three hours there. You get into a studio that before was off limits and they're playing new tracks. Mm-hmm. You also get more time in the video editing room mm-hmm. where they're going to show you exclusive material. But that's only on Mondays. Okay. So... But that's what they are doing now. I don't need any now. more time in the video editing room. I, <laughs> I spent enough time building it. I don't need any more time in there. I can tell you right. everything that's in there. <laughs> now, let's... Or at least used to be. Yeah. And let's let's get in. The PRN alumni. It's uh-huh. September 4th through 7th, correct? Uh, 7th, 8th, and 9th. 7th, 8th, and 9th. Yeah. See? Now... What is going to be going on? I know they're going to have a great performance by King. Yep. And uh, that should be awesome. That's someone that at one time Prince co-managed them along with uh, Kieran Sharma. Yeah. So that'll um, be involved. And, and actually, um, when we first finished our work restoring and, and, and redoing Paisley, we had an open house. And one of the first people I got um was the the lead member of King? Really? Yeah, she's a local Minnesota girl. Yeah, and uh, one of our engineers knew her. And said, "Oh yeah, I'll call her. She can come play piano." So I lined up all the pianos in the thing. I said, "Pick a piano. We're gonna tune it up." And she picked a piano. So we created a little in the NPG room. We created a little jazz uh, hmm. club, and she was there the whole time, um, just just doing her just 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 playing piano and doing her thing and and uh, it was a really good experience and then we flew in a lot of jazz musicians right um, it was an interesting time it's it's that's it's why going on the tour is kind of surrealistic for me because um it's kind of reminiscent of what we did because when we fixed the facility he was on tour with musicology and he says mm-hmm. um, i want you to do an open house and i had about a week Right. So he tells you, right. open up the door. I said, but you're not going to be here. He goes, I know. Just do an open house. So between Christine, uh, myself, uh, I think Manuela and a couple other people, we put our heads together and we figured out how to get things going. I called in a couple of heavy hitters I know from here in L.A. who, who do production and said look man we got to do red carpet we got to get people in here in four days and so we had a red carpet we were expecting maybe if we were lucky three to five hundred people i think we ended up getting close to like three thousand people that's awesome and um we videotaped it uh one disc i sent to him on tour and the other disc i still have and so it was very interesting when i went to see the tour and do it when I when the, even the whole way that they file everybody in is very reminiscent of everything we did right except for the fact that when I went last year the studios were off limits huh. and what we tried to do when we showed the place because we knew he wasn't going to be there if we said you know this is the challenges that you want to fill this place but people know you're on tour So I said, we have to be able to have value. So we had the Minnesota Film Commission and Craig Rice and a bunch of other people that helped us fill it with industry people and and, and, and commercial people and and regular folks who had been there, everybody in the community. And um, it ended up being real good. But we also brought in musicians and we allowed everybody to to mingle. So basically, if you wanted to go into control room of Studio A, 
you could go in there and sit down and you could hang with the engineers as they mixed Morris right. and Michael Bland and Sonny in the other room with with uh, some jazz folks I had brought in, Jerry Allen and, and Wallace Roney from New York, and they could intermingle in music actually being made. And so a lot of people are in the live room and you could go throughout all the studios and experience music. And then we dressed up the soundstage for uh, just a big banquet. And, and everybody got in there and had a sit-down banquet. And Larry helped us. Larry Graham was there. He helped us MC. So it was really good. And, and uh, it was a really a precursor to the concept of if we made this place a museum, what would we do and how would we do it? Because we right. took out all the motorcycles, had them all around, took out the cars, had them around, took out the guitars and kind of had them all roped off, all his custom guitars <coughs> that were not on tour. Right. from the different eras and, and, you know, just try to put some kind of ceremony and pomp and circumstance to it. And it was received really well. And um, it was it was a good way to open the doors again once we had refitted everything. So, um, you know, it's a powerful place, a powerful building. There's a lot of memories there. The You know, just a lot of solid community things because a lot of careers were developed there. You know, right. a, lot of, a lot of local folks and a lot of people from all over. You know, it definitely is a stamp. I think Scotty said it the last time when you guys talked. Uh, anybody who's come through the situation, you know, it's it's basically your your graduate pass and your passport to anything you want to do and anywhere, because you're not going to encounter that kind of thinking ever again. <clears throat> you're just not. I mean, I've been right. fortunate enough to work with a lot of of entertainers, and uh, he uniquely had his own way of of getting the best out of everyone and, and to be able to assess people. And like I said, strategically utilize them and it, it always end up showing them what they could do and always end up benefiting him. So it was, it was really, it was really a good study for me because I enjoy that kind of thing. And, and uh, you know, I think it's, it's a magical place and I, I, I hope as time goes on, they start to utilize it more and more. Right. Um, in, in, in a different fashion, you know, I think to park it at just music and the vault and the, the simple conversations that people are having, as much as we know his material was fantastic, he was the kind of person that said, well, now what? So, you know, right. we have to always be that other voice that says, well, now what? You know, so his music was his music. This place is still here you know we should be developing some other things we should have other people come through and have experiences there should be a lot going on and and i think uh if hopefully as time goes on they'll start to talk to more and more people who were around him um and helped him at different points whether it be early on this time or whatever time you know even even folks like you who you know you're a walking memory bank of of a lot of things when scotty and i talk to you you'll name like what color pants he had on and, 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 and you know, all this data that now, that now. nobody remembers, you know, right. <laughs> and it, but, but those things are good because that's all part of telling that story. And like right. I said, it's, it's so important that you authenticate things with just the, the data and the, and the management of that data of everybody who was around at the time. So we right. all as individuals become valuable, but when we sit around and we're able to talk about it and, and reminisce it, it really helps to put a, a, a real uh, circular stamp on it so we know that everybody's linked you know? right but um but yeah you know it's, it was it's gonna be a good event the, the, the alumni thing is gonna be good there's a lot of people that i was very surprised you know but it's good for us to see uh -huh. that me i'm 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 a later alumni but it's good for me to be able to see things i'm looking forward to being on a panel with susan rogers because oh, I've see. never had the, the opportunity to meet her. Right. So for me, who studied what she did and the time she did it, to be able to sit there, not only with her, but also with Scotty, with somebody who brought me into the situation, right. who I, I worked with, with, with uh, Paul Peterson, somebody I've known mm -hmm. for years. But just the whole thing of being able to sit there and reflect from all our different perspectives. Right. about this this person and the experiences we had just serving the music if we right. didn't you know you forget all the idiosyncrasies and all the other things people like to to focus on if you just realize that everybody there when we have technical discussions we're there to serve the music and and we're having 
just conversations about songs, giving mm-hmm. birth to songs, and, and how the idea is. That's pretty powerful. Right. You know. Now, just because, as you were t- talking before, maybe not the pants, <laughs> but I just studying <laughs> Princeology, trying to get stuff right. Yeah. Now you say you're going to be on, the, on uh, the panel with Susan Rogers. Yeah. Is there anyone else that's going to be on there that you're looking forward to? Or uh, well, that, yeah, like I know? said, Scotty, Scotty Baldwin, because yes. he's in the live perspective. Um, Paul Peterson right. is there, is going to be there cool. myself. Um, and right now we're still waiting to see that there, there was a, an engineer who's going to be there from Germany. We're waiting to see if he's going to be there. Uh, cool. Hans. Yes. And Hans uh, <clears throat> hopefully he'll be there. And if not, I think there's someone else who's there from uh, Minnesota who was there for, for a little while. But we tried, you know, they tried to put together everybody from different right. eras. And, uh, you know, I look forward to even seeing some of the other panels there. Some of the other panels they're having are fashion panels, so they're going to have the first people who came up with some of the first concepts for his clothes. You know, the buttons down the side of the trousers, and, right? And all those things, excuse me, that are are very uh, typically him, right? Um, that's going to be a, a fantastic panel because he's somebody who intentionally knew the power of his look. You know, he mm-hmm. he really understood every. Everything that he could do with with all the real estate he occupied, right? And so the look had a lot to do with with it. Even you know, even for us, we used to joke about it in the studio. But you know, being a Gemini for for all of us who know or have Gemini's in our family, you know, you know, you you can count you can encounter almost anyone at any time, right? So for us, the cue was always, well, what clothes is he wearing? You know, so if he's wearing this kind of clothes, this is who we're going to deal with. It's going to be a good day, you know. So it's, you know, it was it was a uh, it was interesting. It was interesting. Now it's going to be at the Capri Theater. Yep. Capri which was Theater. where Prince had his first ever first performance. Show. Yeah. And it's uh, craziness. the doors are, are 12 noon and um, they, you can go tickets on sale at the uh, uh, PRN alumni foundation.org i believe right and uh it's it's going to be a really good event it's going to be all day they're going to have some some really good panels uh i think kim barry's going to be there we talk about the hair and kim's a lot of fun and uh you know just just everybody it's it's really going to be good right very cool and there's no like time limit on these panels is there i don't i don't know the rules but the way that i usually go is that if people want to go off to the side and ask questions or whatever i try and make myself available because for me i'm not there to do anything else if if uh, it's kind of i kind of treat the uh, the whole thing like we were talking earlier anything has to do with him i don't put anything else on the calendar i just give it whatever time we need to give it because that's kind of what you would do right never oh but i gotta go at four no no i'm here to do nothing else but this yeah and so i for me it's important because um I just I, I just have reached a milestone in my life mm-hmm. where time is something that is it's it's mine to give freely about right. for the things that I want to do. So I, 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 I this is something I want to do. And, and I love getting together with people, especially some people I haven't met, some people I haven't been with for a little while. But just that whole thing to get together and see if not anything else, say thank you by remembering somebody i think that's cool and then for the fans it's cool because they get to ask questions about anything about right. any of the subjects they want to ask in, in any of the tech side or any of this side and and amongst us all we would probably be able to answer so i think it's it's cool right yeah. and for people who aren't aware about pr and alumni mm-hmm. although we talked about it at length last week mm-hmm. talked about it at length before just give them give them a little gist of what it's about and why it's important and where the funding goes to um it's important well all of us are people who have primarily you know worked with him and and Mm. from paisley park uh uh, from the inception of paisley park to you know tours to anything musicians technicians wardrobe people cooks hairdressers any you know all of us are, are a band of gypsies and uh uh, part of it is that a lot of us were responsible for some of the philanthropic activity that went on. So we wanted to keep a way to to remember somebody who was uh, a powerful individual who 
created a lot of influence while he was here, did a lot of good that a lot of people don't know about. Right. And keep doing good, but also service that community. We have, you know, uh, we recently lost John Blackwell, but the last uh, event yeah. that we had, we, we we raised some money for his family. And, you know, so we try to do things that, that help to support that, that extended family that we've, we've created just through this connection to this one person, you know. Right. You know, just want to make sure that people are aware of it. And this is. Oh, yeah. No, this is a legitimate 501c3. This is not any kind of fly by night, you know, thing. This is real and and everybody here is real and they're connected. So, right. You know, the purpose of it is is exactly what it's about, you know, and then part of that, you know, part of the reason why PRN exists. Like I said before, if you if you hung out with him any time and you were responsible for. Anything that he asked you to do and you were part of a win, right, for him in music and in mm-hmm. the stage or whatever, the one thing you understood was it was not about waiting for other people to get it right, understand you, whatever all their problems are. It's really about if you feel so moved that you need to go for, for where the idea is, you need to set forth and do what it is that's on your mind. And so a lot of us are from that mindset where we didn't even have to think. It just took a phone call here, ask here, what do you think? What do you think? We think about doing this because, like I said, his his departure from us was very abrupt. Yeah. For a lot of us, it's closure. Every time we can go and remember and and get a hug and say we were part of something great. Um, and how do we take this and now transition it to help people? And how do we take it to to the next thing and do what we got to do? And right. so it's 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 closure for everybody, and it's it's also new relationships. You know? Yeah. Now another thing that's happening before the PRN alumni event mm-hmm. in September, Empire, although it's going to air after <laughs> afterwards, and it's gonna the World Series is gonna mess everything up because right. Empire does debut at the end of September. Right. However, a few weeks into it, when the season starts, the baseball season will be in the World Series, and Fox carries that, and it kind of preempts all their shows. Now, last year, I was only supposed to preempt one week of Empire, but it ended up being two since the Cubs went seven games to win it. So people are going to, it's going to be that third episode and the fourth episode is the Prince episode. Right. And they're going to have to wait a little bit for that one. Well, I have a feeling that Fox will milk it for all it's worth. Yep. And we will see, we will see the, the symbol and any other, any other things they're authorized to use appearing uh, right around the time the sports does so that everybody just permanently turns their channel to Fox. So. And, <laughs> and they're already doing it. It's kind of like New yeah. Girl, like how after uh, he was on it, like everyone who went on a talk show, whether it was Kimmel, Fallon, yeah, if Colbert wasn't around at that time, or even Ellen, that they talked about how was it working with Prince. Oh, yeah. So now yeah. I'm sure with Empire that that's what's going to be talked about because Prince, yeah. in in when he was here with us, and now that he's not, unfortunately, he brings the ratings. Yes, yeah, big time. Yeah, very much so. so. Very much so. And I, but that's that that's uniquely who he was. He, yes. He understood the the entertainment vehicle and he understood he understood what star power is and how to deliver and mm-hmm. and every aspect of it. So it's no surprise that, like I said, in 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 life, you can't control him in death. You can't control right. him. He's, he's going to always have that effect. And I think it's great. I just yeah. hope. It's like a special for Empire. Mm. We don't have an oversaturation with Dancing with the Stars or no. the Voice. You know, I, I you think know, the I'm thing. That, yeah, the thing I I hope is that, um, whatever structure is in place for NPG and whatever they're doing with the music, I hope mm-hmm. they're sharp enough to co-ride down the the highway with the TV show and right. release some some music. And, and do some things while they have the, those two vehicles riding because it is a different business now. And so uh-huh. they ha- they have assets that they can freely use. doesn't matter what it is. What mag- makes it relevant is that you have a platform. And if they understood anything about how he used platforms and strategic advantage for media moments, 
I think this is a definitely a strategic advantage for a media moment and for the ability to do some business on a, in right. a large sense. You know, if 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 we don't see one commercial mm-hmm. on Empire that's for Paisley Park and for coming to take the tour, then they didn't take advantage of the situation. If we don't see, you know, you know what I'm saying? There's always a way to get these things into a deal and structure it so that everybody is okay. That's what's called win-win. That's all part of entertainment. Right. But if you're not thinking and you're you're only trying to do this thing on one side, you, you got to feed all those things because that's what keeps things going. Right. You know, so, and that's all any of us want to see. At the end of the day, man, we mm-hmm. want to see the things going. We want to see that special place still there in whatever yep. whatever state because it's going to evolve into what it, what it does and what happens there. But I think we all just cheering for the best results. So I'm glad for the vehicle of empire as much as i might not be an empire fan as as a person who's in entertainment and communications i think it's an excellent financial vehicle for wealth building if you have the right stuff that that you can you can interact and put through the machine now we know at least so far they're going to be performing the cast two cast members are going to be performing Let's Go Crazy. Now, how much more music will be used of his in the show? We don't know yet, but St. Ahamri was able to get permission from the estate, and she has worked very closely with yeah. Prince for a long time. Right. So I'm glad that she's involved with it. So we'll see maybe more. Yeah, I mean, well, there's know. tremendous opportunity. When you're doing a TV show, man, there's so many opportunities for you to do ins and outs to commercial, for you to do you know, just any of these segue pieces and all those little things. And I'd have no doubt once they work out all the politics of it, of whoever normally does the music supervision and whoever the normal cadre of writers is, that they right. will they will figure out a pecking order which which they can commingle music assets so that everybody gets a taste. Um, you know, that's that's typical of T V construct is that you got to you got to use the moment, restrain the moment, ride it till the wheels fall off. So, yeah, you know, and that's not a criticism; that's an observation. You know, when we'll just we'll just see how it plays out. I hopefully they will do something. I know that they're going to be filming it in Chicago, not in Minneapolis. Yeah, it's all right. But there is a chance they could still mention Paisley, and they could even do like an off hey man, one day, one off shoot. You know, I they, they could do anything. Like I said, it's Lucius Lyon, man. <laughs> and they're all they're all supposed to be dressing like him through different periods. Taraji, yeah. uh, P. Henson is saying that she's going to be having some sort of wig that she does not know what it is yet, but she that's what she's told what it calls for. So that should be well, interesting. I, I think I think it all it'll all be good. But like I said, I think there's tremendous opportunity there for them to to write some reality into the script. And if they don't do anything at the end of the show. Do a, do a dedication and send off and say, if you want to find out any more about Prince, take the tour of Paisley Park, come visit us in Minnesota, bop, bop, bop. You know, if, right. if for no other reason than to put a nice bow on something that the family has allowed people to right. do, you know, because the family is really at, at the helm of this now, and they're allowing uh, network television to touch this. You know yeah. what I mean? And that's, that, that is no small feat. So um, in, in just the, the way that entertainment goes, I, I think, you know, and again, a lot of what we do when we sit here and have these conversations, I, I don't say these things on accident. I say them on purpose because right. I'm a person who's in the business and I've worked in this situation. So I understand the ballistics of making money. This, this, this industry is about making money at the end of the day. And right. so it's an excellent opportunity. So I'm hoping that they, 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 they take advantage of it on all sides. And uh, part of what we do when we sit here and have conversations, we plant seeds. We plant seeds so that people understand that, hey, you know what? There's, there's another road you could take. There's a pragmatic way to think. There's a, there's, that's, sometimes that's the role for people. You know? Right. So Now, speaking of the family, yeah, they, uh, one of the members, Sharon Nelson, mm-hmm. did an interview with Prince.org. Uh, oh, this yeah, week yeah. took took questions from the moderator and fans. They did talk about some stuff regarding the vault that I kind of wanted to yeah. go over with you, if that's yeah. possible. Um, you know, kind of like that they were talking about that there was an outer vault room and not just the inner vault room. Yeah. Um, 
But was that filled with awards or or yeah? I mean, tapes? The, the outer ballroom. I, I, there's probably pictures of it. I mean, you pull it up, you'll, uh-huh. you'll see the room. It's carpet covered, and then you see the vault door, and then all around you see pictures. And that that room was in various states of of whatever over the years. But we called it the outer vault during our watch because right. usually when you went there, there was a path you had to cut through to get to the door of the vault because on the floor were a lot of two-inch tapes that he had pulled for us to be working on or referencing or, or he, you know, this something that he was right. current or he was thinking about. And so um, there was no focused way of archiving things in there because there was so much in there. Right. It was really just a way of, of you know, when he brought something down, that was the outer area. And then that way, it made it a lot easier for us too, because in the beginning, it was it was a, you know, it, it's a, it's a place like for me when I first started there, I was like, well, this is the ominous vault that everybody talks about, the vault, the vault, you know, and I was like, okay, cool. He's like, well, go down to the vault and get this. I said, no, man, let's you and I go down together, hmm. you know, <laughs> because I didn't want to just assume total knowledge of the vault. I wanted him to show me the procedures and what he usually does, because this right. is a, a place that is purported to be this is where this is this is where this is i need to see how you address what you do you know and so i i considered you know i once i saw him do the thing i'm like okay the outer vault is where it's 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 like akin to the 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 counter you throw your keys on when you come in the house right (laughs) so 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 if this is what i'm working on now i'm gonna put that right there right? right and then everything inside the vault that's inside the vault and if you get in there, cool, but you might not even go in there because you got so much shit on the counter that right. came out your pockets every day, right? And and so that kind of is the outer vault for when we were there because it, it, it not only had the awards on the wall and carpet and all the other things that you see in some of the photos, but it also had a lot of work all over. Not only audio tapes, but sometimes videotapes and other stuff that he was looking at going through. And, and, and a lot of stuff is just... Uh, archive it just collects because part of having a career uh is the documentation of that career right uh, and a lot of i know for our time there we spent a lot of time documenting as much stuff as possible because at at a certain point and i don't know if we touched on this last time anybody with a career over 20 years is considered a legacy right when you have a legacy career everything magnifies and so if anybody out there is working with an artist of any type, doesn't matter if they're music or whatever, and they've been doing it over 20 years, even if you're working with an actor or you're an assistant to an, an actress or whatever, you need to look at what's going on because these people have affected history. They're communicators. They've, they've done things that are groundbreaking. And sometimes you need to understand that that has a, a place and that eventually the things that they've touched and whatever they've done in their creative life has an a value as an asset but it only has a value if you consider the weight of the legacy aspect of their life and their career if you don't and you just say oh that's my boss and you don't save everything they do or you don't make sure that every time they go on mic they're being recorded it's it doesn't do any good right you know? and that's one of the first things that we all learn as engineers uh way back is that whenever they come in the room and your job is to hit record you hit record because if you miss anything you just miss the moment and sometimes the moment is is something not what you think it's going to be but it's what happened before right you know <clears throat> now we are in the video editing room yeah. what i thought was interesting that you told me um the room did contain old shows but it also contained performance videos of entertainers specifically black male soul singers. Yeah. I'm kind of impressed by that and intrigued because majority of the time he was constantly giving way more love to female singers, especially up and coming ones, mm-hmm. whether it was Janelle Monet right. or FKA Twigs, the black male soul singers. Was it all right, aside from Luther Vandross? No, who, who else? Luther is modern day. Yeah. This was, this was Jackie Wilson. This ah. was, this was, this was, you know, Marvin Gaye. These were things that were, were standouts for for the time that they were there because you got to understand something that 
the, all these early soul singers all had the they came up during a different time and 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 I'm trying to I'm trying to say this we're at such a racial time in our country but I'll just break I'll just break it down in in terms of of Afro-American music history okay um as, as the the black male soul singer is such a powerful figure if you go back and you look at the Teddy Pendergrass experience, you know, Teddy Pendergrass used to do concerts and fill arenas just for women, just for women. So if you look at the power and the delivery of the black male vocalist, it goes hand in hand with all the things that that are counter or or that that systematically are uh, the black male persona has to deal with. Right. Right. And so, uh, you know, he's going to take your woman. He's going to do, you know. And, and so uh, that that strong uh, focused sexuality in, in delivery, that strong focused uh, dominant uh, persona in delivery. Those are all things that as I looked at the, the video thing, I said, I got it. I got it because I'm going, oh, OK, he's a student, you know. And the reason why I got it, I'll tell you why. Before I came to this project, I worked with Scotty. Before where I met Scotty was that I had been working for CBS on the conceptualization of Maxwell. Right. Right. So in doing that, I kept looking at what he was doing in the studio. And I hadn't yet experienced doing tours with him to see the delivery and the transition of what was being built. But I knew the songs that Leon Ware was writing and that, what, that all the guys were doing. These are the same guys who crafted Marvin Gaye. So as I watched that being built, and then I looked at his video library, I said, wow, look at his video library. Mm -hmm. He's got this, he's got this, he's got this. And I could go through as we built the tour and I saw him transition into who he became. I could tell you every pose that he took from every one of the black male soul singers hmm. that he had videos of huh. to the point of where he's standing like this to where he's doing like this to the point of where I go somewhere else and I see it. and this has just been my whole career has mostly been working with artists and when I when I at times when they share something with me or I see certain aspects of it I get what they're a student of I come to right. an understanding of how they arrive at certain things. And so when I saw this commonality, I was like, wow, that's powerful. And it lets you know that the music delivery from that time was so powerful because everybody takes these the imagery, right? Everybody takes the imagery and they use it in whatever way they can to convey their songs. And, and you also look at the song structure, the lyric structure, and how clever Prince was with the lyrics. And you look at the song structure for the previous decade or so before of male soul singers and and the philly experience like i said with with teddy pendergrass you look at the the you know no matter the detroit experience marvin Gaye, you listen to the lyric and the song content and the story they're telling you you'll you'll understand the transition in music if you just listen every 10 years to the cyclical activity of the black male soul singer you could do the same thing with girl groups you could do the same thing with with female singers, it, you can do the same thing. You listen right. to the cyclical activity of how they deliver their message and how they tell their story. Right now, in this country, what we're going through, uh, it's, it's such a prime time for what we experienced back in the 60s, which is message music. Right. Right? So <clears throat> it's no wonder that some of the songs that get through are powerful message songs now they might lyrically and and structurally deliver them a different way now because we have so many new participants in the game so it doesn't mean that everybody has to deliver like prince or everybody has to deliver like that but you will inevitably if you listen long enough and go through enough music you will see the patterns arise right. in who people watch and what is influencing them and prince understood how much of an influence he was on the new creatives. He understood he was an influence uh, for them, not only musically, but he also understood his independent voice when he started talking about the business stuff. That really 
hit <clears throat> people outside of music. Right. You know, so I think those are those are some of the other big things, too, that that, uh, you know, I, I would hope that that uh, especially if Empire is going to do something that they cover the 360 degrees of, of what he was able to touch as an entertainment powerhouse because creativity and independence as an artist will will never be the same because he existed it will never be the same because he existed that might be a show about a record company but let me tell you something record companies were never the same after him because they had to then develop their game to get smart and why because he saw this day coming when you're going to be gone right you know and the the power was always in the do, you know. For him, the stage was a great equalizer, you know. Now another thing they talked about was <clears throat> the vault kind of being remastered or digitizing. What were your thoughts on yeah, that? I, you know, my 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 thoughts when I first kind of was looking at it was that. I thought these are are pretty intense words for somebody who may or may not have uh, experience in that, you know. First of all, when you remaster something, that's a a process all into its own. Uh, For everybody who doesn't know, when you say remaster, most most records or, or, you know, I'm dated to use the term records. (laughs) <laughs> most releases hey, are <laughs> vine, vine, vinyl sales are on the rise man <laughs> yeah, so man. you're 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 yeah. you you're thinking it back but now it's you're yeah. actually ahead of the cut ahead, ahead of, of the, the game yeah yep. um but most uh singles and most music now you know uh traditionally back then when when finished when you finished the recording you finished it on a two track left side right side right and that two track is a reel to reel and that reel-to-reel went to Bernie Grumman or somebody, and then they would take it to a special studio where they ran it across their machines, and they did some EQs and some compression, some other things to it so that they could give it that quote-unquote record sound, and then it would cut clean, and it would do what it had to do, and it was finished. So remastering is usually a, a process that is referred to on stereo recordings. Now, digitizing is something that happens all the time um the problem that i have is that the entire contents of the vault there's a whole set of things going on there because you have a lot of things there you have what's called multi-track tapes 22 inch 24 track tapes with individual sounds on them so normally in the in the process of a vault and i'll just give you a, a quick layman's term understanding of what we do so uh, when I when I was handling Herbie Hancock's vault, let's take something like Rocket, okay? If I go into the vault and I pull Rocket because we're going to do a special mix of it for a video game, I don't pull the original tape of Rocket. I pull what is a, a re-recording of the original tape. The original tape sits there for preservation and historic purposes. And then we work with the, what's called the slave tape. We take that slave tape. We take it in the studio. We do that. And if we're going to digitize anything or put it in Pro Tools, we take it off of there, put it into it. And that becomes what we work off of to do the special version. We don't touch the original. The original stays in the, in the vault at temperature control. And we, we, every couple of years, we re-record the slaves in order to make sure that they're, they're good. That was the process that was done a long time. Some people still do it. Now that they have what they call redundant backups. So they'll, they'll save on two or three different formats. But to digitize something and or just say, oh, well, the digitizing technology is just there. We don't have to worry about anything. It's not that, it's not that cut and dry in a case of the contents of the size of the vault at Paisley Park. Um, there's a process, and the process, oddly enough, if 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 you were going to do something, it would look like this. You take everything that's inside of there, and you put barcodes and you put tags on everything. Then you go in and you determine, of everything that's in there, what's the condition of, of what's in here, right? Is any of it decayed over time? Does any of it have moisture damage or growing mold? 
Then there's a process that's called remediation. Remediation is the word that you use when something has damaged because of water, mold, uh, uh, shedding, or any of these things. Remediation is the process by, under which uh, companies like Iron Mountain go to to save and go into what's called the restoration process of old media. Media is anything like cassette tape, uh, videotape, two-inch tape, any, any of that. That's, that's media. That's what you recorded it on. Um, once you do remediation, then you would just create a catalog and a da database of all the materials that are contained in the vault and the condition of them, condition report. Then you create your backups if you're going to do that. So you would have two different things that you were doing at once. You would have a, a list of all the things that were in remediation that needed to be uh, restored or preserved and restored. Then you would have all the other stuff that would be things that did not need that process but could go into a digitizing process for uh, creating redundant backups. You know, And one thing people need to know is that not all music sounds good in a digital state. So don't think that, oh, because everybody saves it and digital is just ones and zeros and it's so easy. The reality is that not all music is going to sound good in digital. Right. And, and, and so that that is still a, a bridge that has yet to cross. You're going to have a lot of people who argue forever and a day on what's better. Ooh, this is better. Mine is this. Mine is this. And, you know, um, most people don't even realize the whole title thing that before Jay-Z even stepped in and purchased Tidal, Tidal was a very successful company that was doing the process of high-resolution file uh, conversion and, and playback and preparation for sale. And, and they were probably one of the, the, the leaders of the pack that were doing, you know, just because their process that was going on and what they were delivering to the, the community. So... By the time he bought it as a, as a company, as an asset, it had already created a, a buzz within the community for all of us who knew what was going on with the transition to these files. So, um, you know, di digital is here to stay. But I think in the case of Prince's Vault, it's not as easy a conversation as that. You can't just say, oh, well, you know, technology is here and we don't have to worry about anything. You do have to worry about every aspect of it because... At the end of the day, these tapes and these songs and these pieces of songs are what's left for the family to use as musical assets. Right. It's what's left for them to use to not only tell his story, but to determine if they, in fact, are going to allow people to hear any portion of it, let alone <coughs> reach in there and say, well, hey, Lenny Kravitz, here, take this and tell us what you think reinterpret this or you know and, and we don't we don't know and i'm just pulling that name out of thin air but right. the bottom line is that when you're left with something like this it's a big responsibility you have to you have to look at it in in the long run as a as a long-term project it's not something that is going to be finished in a year you know when we were talking about this last time somebody had a ball question you know, I answered it in the, in the most profound way I could because my desire was to see this stuff end up at Iron Mountain. Because, and it's not for me because I, I don't have anything to do with it. It's just for the sake of the importance of what it is and what it means to the family potentially and what it means should any of it ever get to the point where it decides to get used. That's about the best place it could go, laboratory-wise and condition-wise, to care, preserve, and maintain uh, his ideas right. until such time as they're decided on what they're going to do. I just think they have the, the experts there, the kind of CSI work they do to, to uncover any problems and then get your stuff to where it is. It's top-notch. Everybody uses them in the entertainment community from, right. from the old film preservation to the LA Lakers and all their old footage and you name it, everybody uses them and, and uh, they have a good facility here in LA and they've uh -huh. got one across the country that specializes in mold remediation. So uh -huh. there's a, but there's a lot that people need to, to know about the, the vault and the contents of the vault before they can just assume 
It's just a bunch of recordings and they'll just run all through there and rifle through them. It's just, you know, it's just not going to be that easy. And, and I'm sure that there probably were some people there who might not have had as much experience and they probably went there, pulled up some stuff and, and either they couldn't get it or they put it on the machine and it starts shedding and then they start panicking because once those things happen, you're actually destroying something that could never be played again. Right. So that's the danger you run into when you don't slow down and take these things the right way through a process. And, and uh, you know, but I, I think that, um, you know, uh, I, I read some of the other stuff in the in the interview and, and uh, you know, I think they plan on releasing stuff and they plan on doing stuff. I, I you know, my hope is that they they talk to as many people as possible who were close in on the musical thing and on the way he released stuff, you know. Um, he was very strategic in everything he did. I can't emphasize that enough. And you, of all people, know if he wanted to get something out and sample something, he he might call you and say, "Hey, man, I wanna I wanna play this here and let me know what they think." Or he would do right. anything he felt like doing in order to interact in a con- way that he could control being able to, to to get the information he wanted without everybody flipping out and going like, oh, Prince just released this, right? So yeah. so uh, I think there's something to be said for for uh, for the, the family and whoever they end up working with, you know, um, to be able to just, you know, figure out a way to, to, to have a, uh, a group of people around that could help give them input, you know. And again, I'm not saying this for me. I'm just saying for somebody who was part of the process later on, who observed a lot about about what went on, it only seems fitting that if you're going to talk to somebody about how they were constructing things, you talk to construction workers. Okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. You don't talk to the salesman. You don't talk to this. You talk to the, the people that were there building it, and they can give you a good idea of the materials that were used, the process that was done, and the mindset that was in place during that time. You know, And, right. and there's a lot of people around that exist like that, and if you put enough of them in a room, you're going to get some consistency, and you'll be able to see, oh, this might be a good thing to do. You know, A lot right. of it is going to be, too. Somebody's going to have to step up and, and be a leader and say, hey, you know, this is, this is what I think we should do. This will be new and different. But they're going to all have to have a mindset that takes on what what would he do now, right? Right, because and we all have to do that. We all have to do that. There's a part of us that we can't live in. Wish he was here. We can't live in. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, we're we're a year and a half past this thing, and he left us enough experiences especially those of us in in this in this circle where if we can't proactively get off our ass and make a move in a direction to achieve something we didn't learn anything when we were with him right you know now let me ask you this mm-hmm. since the music the vault is about to eventually mm-hmm. go back up for a bidding war or bidding rights <laughs> you could say no comment on this okay but who would you like to see get control of the vault for it to be done right? Would you want it to be Warner Brothers since they have some other catalog? Do you want it to be Jay-Z and Tidal? Or do you want it to be someone that's probably not on anyone's radar? Who would I want to see control the the, the, the contents the of the vault? Yes. Wow. You know, my first answer would probably be me. No. <laughs> no hey, um, hey if, uh, if we had all the money in the hey, world. No, man. Uh, no, I, I, I think, uh, who would I like to see? I, I think what I'd like to see is, is, a, is a, a cross-section of, of individuals. Uh, once, once they fully identified everything was there from the eras, I think what I would do is pull a, a key person from each era. Right. Yeah. And I would I would pull a, a, another key group of people who who transitionally were involved with his foray into 
fan communication because people don't realize he was ahead of his time with the with the fan club. So you have to have the Sam Jennings there. You have to have you there. You have to have certain people there in order to have this conversation about how he, you know, understand this. He used to go and say, oh, man, I can't stand the Internet. Right. Mm-hmm. But meantime, he courted all of you guys. Right. As soldiers to do what? To handle that shit. Mm. So there is a method to, to what he did. Like I said, strategic. Right. You can't have the conversation just by talking to, oh, we're going to get all the engineers from the past. No. Why? Because, yeah, we're engineers. We know we know the assembly process, but you got to get creatives in there. Right. You got to get people who are working the web and the Internet angle, because why? That is a, a, a still a virtually a young green pasture. Right. Because it's only been around so long. Right. He developed his career before the advent of the internet right okay so if you understand that then you understand okay transitionally that point starts from here to here so anything that hit already had the wheels of the first however many years but then also took on international implications a lot sooner and a lot quicker because of the advent of of the web and so those are all important things i would have people like that and i would I would definitely have uh, the family chair there where they could they could put in what what they think as well, because at the end of the day, it no matter what anybody thinks, it belongs to them. You know, I I would think that the pragmatic, uh, logical thing to do was would be to understand that when you're sitting at that table determining what's going to happen with the vault, it is an understanding that this is a use of asset conversation. This is not a it's mine, it's mine, or it's ours, right. or gimme, 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 or I need to see this, and I need... It's not an individual thing. Right. It is a collective, and the only way that it can go out there and be used as, as a vehicle for financial purposes in the field of entertainment and communications is by having some well-thought-out, well-made decisions. Right. That's the only way it can it can grow and be the goal that it is right now. Because right now, yeah. it's, it, it has value, but <clears throat> the value is perceived. The value is not actual. And the problem with the... The other problem with the... Your original question about, you know, not only who gets it, but how much are they going to get? Mm-hmm. You know, we've covered this the last time. How, how, are, you, how are you going to... Who is going to be the golden voice that can take something that went for a certain price and then the deal went awry the way it did? Right. And now you're going to add value to it without ever going to an evaluation process. Hmm. If this thing, and again, I go back to our last conversation, if the contents of the vault, the contents of Paisley Park, everything had gone through a full evaluation process, then you can see what you have and put a value on it. Right. But you cannot cut up things and say, here, you take the garage, I'll take the parts, you go over there and you, you so Paisley is a garage and now the museum has it, right? Yeah. And, and then we've got the parts over here in the vault. So we got, you can't evaluate things as separate little piles. It's all one thing that needed to be evaluated. Right. Once it's evaluated, you put a value on the total thing, and then that's where your deal is, is stems from, and that's where your negotiation starts. Am I expert in this? No, I'm not an expert. I'm pretty sure there's some, some, somebody's going to fire off, oh, he doesn't know what he's talking about or whatever. Uh, you know what? Put anybody on here who deals with estates and, and play them what I say and then play them whatever uh, anybody else says. And, and I, I don't have any problem resting and in, in knowing that I, I understand what I'm talking about from seeing the construct go down many times. Right. It, it, is, it is a very strategic thing, and it's a very uh, – it's one thing that not a lot of people have the access to. So right now the family's in a really great position because they, they've officially been named heirs. Right. So they're in the, probably the best position they could ever be other than if they – you know, they, if everybody's of one accord and they all they all have one voice, that's probably the most powerful thing they could do. 
to create influence and control over everything that happens because that's really how a lot of families do it. They don't do it as uh, divide and conquer. It never works. You know, divide and conquer is the oldest game in the in the entertainment business. Right. You know, and and you know, I'll say that's an, I'll say enough about that because then I'll get heated and shit. But but right. uh, you know, we just we just I, I think that uh, how how do you get more than thirty one million or whatever it is? You're gonna have to. You're gonna have to have somebody do the right steps, and you're gonna have to author a story that is worth way more than thirty-one million dollars. Right. If you're going to do it correctly, and so, and I think it's very possible to do that. I don't think you you have to parade in all these other distractions. I don't think you have to tie it to any any other assets that come in from the side that are owned by anybody else. There is enough there on the table to, to do something with and totally have everybody be okay doing what they need to be doing. Right. But it's just going to take some uh, the, the one mind, you know, everybody being of one mind and everybody uh, being able to control some of the things that to this point haven't been controlled. You know, right, right. now, uh, right now, the situation is recovering and you have to you have to do uh some recuperative therapy so that when people see the word a state of prince they're not running because they think they're going to deal with a cadre of all different kinds of people who are going to set things in motion that that may or may not work that's the danger in when you know for lack of a better term the danger in fucking up is that you're remembered for your fuck-ups and on something like this, he was never remembered for his mess ups. He was he was remembered for hitting home run every time. So you got a you got a, a large pair of shoes to fill when you're handling his ball. When you right. when you're handling that stuff, you got to take care of that business. You got to do it right. And if you're not going to do it right, you need to step aside. And and we talked about this the last time. I don't believe that that in any setting, especially a setting like this or any setting, you can you can have any kind of motives other than transparency and and getting this stuff from point a to point b the minute you attach all this other subterfuge and all the other things that don't work out you weren't trying to do it right in the first place right. and it's evident and and you know like i said if you spend any amount of time around him it's it, it's the the focus that's required to just carry out your function is is intense enough where when you get on the other side and you go man i'm glad that's through but job well done and it always worked out right yeah we're talking with dave hampton who's going to be part of the pr and alumni who is part of the pr and alumni but be part of the events taking place in minneapolis at the beginning of september the capri theater along with king's performance yep also we're being told uh, that there's going to have some really cool silent auction items at the event. Mm. And new designs and merchandise are going to be added to the website this week. So be on the lookout for that. Dave, was there anything else that you were wanting to add about anything regarding this or anything else before we let you go? Um, the King the, the King concert uh, is going to be uh, on September 7th at 9 p.m. Yep. And you can get tickets at prnalumni.org VIP experience is 100 bucks general admission of $50 and uh, silent auction items are great man they got some really good stuff I think we got a guitar from Carlos Santana we got I know uh, Miles Davis family just gave some uh, some uh, book books about his artwork wow. um, you know we've got, we got a lot of stuff that, that's coming in so it should be really good good for the fans good for everybody and um, like I said the panel is going to be on uh, September 9th at the Capri Theater, mm-hmm. and that's uh, uh, starting at 12 noon, and that's just going to be a lot of the the, the creatives uh, that worked with him in all kinds of capacity. You know, all the tickets and proceeds go to the PRN Alumni Foundation, and, right. and we support youth education, enrichment, and expression of the arts all over, not only Minneapolis but in other cities as well. So I I, I think it's something that uh, everybody should you know. Take take a chance and try and come to and uh, if you got if you got some time you know definitely look it up go to the website join up the merch they got it coming is really good and 
you know, it's mm-hmm. a good time for everybody. It's a good time <coughs> to be able to meet people, talk, ask questions. And we're all going to be there and just hanging out and doing as much as we can for as long as we can. So, yes, between that and Dr. Funkenberry, if you guys, you know, got any other questions, let me know. Um, yeah, we are come hang out for as long as he needs me until he gets sick of me and wants to kick me out. So. <laughs> we definitely got to have you back on again, hopefully before uh, the PRN alumni event. Yeah. Regardless, we're going to continue to keep having you on. I want to thank you so much for being a guest this week and also guest co-hosting. And I really like this and I want you to yeah, this is cool. I like this to do that. Yeah. All right. Thank you guys so much. Thank you, Dave Hampton, for being here with us. Thank you guys so much again for subscribing to iTunes on us for Pod um, Podcast or Pod Bay for subscribing to us. Let everyone know about us. Tweet us, Facebook us, put us on the websites. Really appreciate it. Uh, PR and alumni, the event. We have all the information for you. We'll have links to the website. Want to donate to the podcast? You can do that. But right now. PR and alumni is where it's at, and they need your donations. When you get right. t-shirts, man, I want to know when you get in Funkenberry t-shirts. We're working on that. <laughs> we are working on it. Um, we have t-shirts already, but I need to do a new redesign. Okay, so that's where it comes down to. But definitely doing it. Thank you again so much, Dave Hampton. Everyone else, keep it funky. Till next time. Later. Show me what you got, show me what you got, show me what you got.